Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we sit down uh, with Greg Mundus, Executive Director of Assemblies of God World Missions. And this, this is part of a series that I've um, done for a be in August and then in September, or maybe a little bit even into October, where every other week we will sit down with a leader that we've interviewed um, before COVID and before the changes in our world, What what I all these people I interviewed in the beginning of 2020, and uh, just some lessons to learn from them, how their life has changed, um, how they're leading differently, how what God has spoken to them um, about through these times, where they see the church, where they see missions. Just some valuable, great conversations. And um, yeah, so we'll sit down with today with Greg Mundus and then Donna Barrett. And then there'll be uh, Dick Dick Brogdon and Pastor Mark Lehman and Pastor Greg Ford. Uh, yeah, just several, several great leaders. And uh, just to learn from them, from the lessons they've learned over this over these last two years. And just, yeah, great time. So Greg Mundus will be the first one today. And many of you know that um, of any of the people that I know that um, had a battle with COVID, his was uh, very severe. And um, just to get to learn from him and uh, hear how God spoke to him through that time and the miracle that God did in his life and um, the power of prayer for sure. So um, do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth and we take the questions um, that people, listeners send in, we curate those and they get to get to, I get to ask Dick about them and I get to learn from him. And so I ask you to continue to send in those. Um, well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to have the first guest of the Clarity Podcast with, with back with us again today, Dr. Greg Mundus. Greg, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's a privilege to be with you. You tolerated the the new interviewer that I was as we did this in Madagascar <laughs> and uh, in my packed up room and um, tolerated my fumbling over my words. Hopefully I've gotten better after 160 60 episodes. But um, yeah, it's an honor to have you back with us. Thanks. I thought you did a good job back then, but I, you know, usually I'm a pretty good judge about things like that. So <laughs> I, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Greg, we're going to talk today. The, um, I'm interviewing the first 10 people I interviewed from the podcast, re-interviewing them, just kind of lessons they've learned um, through COVID. And I know your experience through COVID was a traumatic one. Um, as many of the listeners on here were praying and fasting um, for you. Would you go ahead and just maybe... Uh, share just, yeah, just a little bit um, about yourself for those who didn't listen to the first episode, and then maybe just a little bit about how COVID has impacted your life. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a Buckeye. I'm from Ohio. I uh, was born and raised there in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, came, to, uh, uh, came to Christ as a teenager uh, in a little Italian church in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, where my wife's uncle was the pastor. Well, she was going to be my wife. <laughs> and uh, I was 15 or 16 years old. My mom was a uh, 60s charismatic and drugged me all over to different places and churches. And she, uh, she went to this little Italian church. Uh, I stayed, she moved on. She was, you know, just how it worked and uh, fell in love with my wife, Sandy. And uh, so we celebrated 50 years uh, anniversary last year. Uh, shooting for 51. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, so went to, uh, uh, studied at uh, Youngstown State University, political science, and then uh, went to uh, Central Bible College and now Evangel College uh, and uh, got my degree there and uh, 
was in youth ministry for five years uh, in Ohio and here in the city. And then we got a call to go to missions, went to Austria in 19, uh, well, got a call in 77, started missionary work in 78 and landed in Austria in 1980, served there almost 20 years, became an area director for Central Europe. When Europe was bifurcated out of uh, Eurasia in 1998, I was the first uh, director uh, of that uh, continent. And then in 2011, was elected to this position as executive director. Yeah. So uh, when I visited you in Madagascar, I loved your house. I loved the yard. Uh, <laughs> I, loved that, I loved that experience. Loved flying with you in the helicopter yeah. out into the bush. Yep. Great memories with you and Heather and the boys. Uh, really great memories. Thank yeah. you for hosting us. Yeah, COVID, Lord have mercy. March the 16th, 2020, my life forever changed. Uh, I was transported to the hospital. Uh, my oxygen level was 60%. Uh, they immediately intubated me and uh, uh, did it, uh, put in the wrong size tube, had to do it all over again. And uh, I lost a lot of oxygen. So uh, there was immediate concern that I had uh, mental or brain damage. Um, hmm. um, that night, uh, the doctors uh, told my son that uh, I had uh, a 10% chance or less to live through that night. But uh, my friends and family and my colleagues around the world went to prayer. Yeah. And I made it through the night, and uh, it was an up and down roller coaster ride for my family and many people that followed my son's posts yeah. on uh, Facebook uh, and heard the news. However, they heard the news. It was a roller coaster ride. I was on that uh, vent and in a coma for forty days, uh, hmm. twenty additional days in isolation, um, and then seven weeks of rehab afterwards. Uh, physical, mental, uh, and. Um, and uh, uh, what do you call it? Occupational, occupational. Yeah. Learning to use my hands, learning to walk, learning to get my balance again, learning to talk, <laughs> yeah, learning, wow. learning wow. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Wow. And so, yeah, it was uh, uh, COVID, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was pretty different than the last time you interviewed yeah. me. Uh, I'd never gone, I'd gone through some pretty difficult um, uh, uh, physical experiences uh, uh, but never anything like that. And yeah. so it changed me. Uh, it changed me in a, a couple of ways, Aaron. Uh, I don't want to just, no. can I just go ahead? Is okay. You can, you can talk because they're not, they're not listening. They're not here to listen to me. They're here to listen to you. <laughs> so. To you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, number one, um, I lost 45 pounds, uh, uh during that time. So it, it was, and when you lose that kind of weight and been in, uh, you know, everything atrophies, including your brain. And so it took me a while to, to really get up to speed. Uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, I think what I learned was, is that uh, there's, yeah, it's, it's, sorry, it's very emotional for me when, when I think back. Uh, yeah. What I learned was, uh, number one, how grateful I am to God. Hmm. Uh, I think we all have this measure hmm. of understanding that we've been saved, you know, hmm that our sins have been forgiven, that, you know, all these things and that we're baptized in the spirit, that we're called into ministry, we're called into missions. There's a, there's a certain level of thankfulness uh, mm -hmm. that you have, that you have these kind of privileges. I think that kind of just blew up to epic proportions of um, hmm. that God let me live to continue to share um, in the ministry, to be with my wife and to be with my family. It's, um, 
very humbling because God's a sovereign God. God is a sovereign God. And he, and his, you know, our days are numbered. Yeah. You know, that's what Psalm says. Our days are numbered. And, you know, if, if we don't go berserk or something, we don't choose the time we die. Yeah. He, he, he has that in his, his plan. He, he has our lives in his hand. And so for whatever, you know, reasons heaven worked out, they, uh, I, I got to live. Second um, yeah. Corinthians chapter one, uh, verses eight to 11 has have been so important to me. And although I can't quote it exactly, I can paraphrase it. Paul was in Asia, hmm. but he wrote back to the Corinthians and said, I don't want you to be uninformed or ignorant of what happened to me when I was in Asia, hmm. because uh, I felt the sentence of death hmm. in my heart. And, uh, but, uh, and this was so that I wouldn't rely on myself, but rely on God. Hmm. Isn't that a beautiful thing? But I don't rely on me, but I rely on God. And he delivered me. He is delivering me. And I set my hope on him that he will deliver me. That's hmm. beautiful. Because, you know, even though my son didn't really think about that verse, uh, the whole cry was rally hope, right? It yeah. was rally yeah. hope. Yeah. And then uh, the, the, those verses conclude that uh, by the prayers of many, uh, that this happened and that many can give thanks hmm. for what God has done. And that's been just an important verse in my life. It, it just uh, gratefulness. So to everyone listening and... Uh, and to you and your family, thank you for your prayers. Yeah. I mean, so much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I have a new level of respect and understanding of intercessors hmm. and people that take prayer seriously and, and earnestly, fervent, you know, like James chapter five says, you know, just earnestly and fervently pray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's taken on a new dimension in my life. I have prayer lists that are so long you can't even imagine. I just, I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I say, God, how am I going to get through this prayer list? <laughs> and uh, uh, I, uh, I particularly am praying for people, you know, that uh, have suffered not only from COVID, but, you know, widows and um, people that are adversely affected by death. Yeah. So, yeah, that's changed. Uh, so a, a, a deep, grateful appreciation for God, a deep, uh, grateful appreciation for intercessors uh, for people, you know, just maybe, maybe it isn't their like gift of uh, intercession, yeah. but the spirit of God comes on them and they wake. They, we had so many prophetic words, Aaron. Mm -hmm. And of course I didn't, I was sleeping, but, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> my wife did. And, uh, and they were encouraging uh, uh, the, the value of, of worship songs, mm -hmm. uh, really rose up. You know, we mm. sang this morning, we had chapel at the national office this morning. And one of the songs we sang was from uh, Jen Johnson, the goodness of God. Mm, yes. And that song, I guess when you go through experiences and I, I think we all, you know, the ups and downs, the experiences we have that affects your, the, your lens in which you see things or hear things or view things or interpret things. And um, uh, one line in there is with every breath that I am able well, you being in the medical field understand yes. ARD. Yeah. Uh, you understand uh, double viral pneumonia. You yes. understand all that. And when I sing that verse, that my lungs are clear and yeah. I can I, I can breathe, you know. Yeah. 
it just takes on a new dimension. For sure. And uh, just so grateful. So those are some of the things. Yeah. There's one other thing that I'd like to mention, and that is a renewed passion for the lost. <laughs> I mean, I think I've always had a passion for the lost, but it's it kind of elevated. And a passion for our missionary family that is suffering. I mean, for two years, I can't imagine. I mean, I know uh, instances where... Um, Singles have been in their apartment, even not allowed to leave their apartment for months. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. I would go to Amazon, order mattresses, put them on the wall and bounce around my apartment. <laughs> if that was, if that was me. You know, yeah. I couldn't, I don't know. Right. Right. But the strength and the encouragement and yet the challenge of living through all that for our yeah. missionary family, my heart just goes out to them. My heart goes out, like I said, for the lost, just in, in new ways, hmm. uh, ways just, you know, how separated that, you know, how privileged we are to pray and to see God intervene in our lives. It's yeah. Uh, so it's that weighing, you know, the yeah. incredible privilege we have and yet the incredible responsibility that we for have sure. to for share sure. the gospel. Yeah. Greg, are you able to use your testimony of what how how God has healed you and touched you and restored you? Are you able to use that as you with your new passion for the the not that you didn't have a passion, but this renewed right. passion for those who are who are lost? Yeah, uh I have. Uh you would be surprised at the number of calls that my wife and Cindy and I have received from people that had COVID, hmm. spouses that would pray. What can we do? What's the advice you give? And, you know, I, I literally dozens and dozens of calls wow. Wow. and texts. And, and unfortunately, uh, many, that, uh, many that did not live. Yeah. And uh, many that made it. I'm praying for seven widows that I, had, I know personally that, that wow. their husband died of, uh, of COVID. Wow. And I mean, wow. uh, uh, much younger than I was when I contacted it. Right. Wow. And yeah. so, uh, there's a, there's a heart for hurting people like that, you know, yeah. uh, that just are reaching out there looking for something, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and so we were able to pray with them and, you know, again, you go back, it's prayer. Yeah. Um, uh, what can I say? It's, it, it's God's grace and prayer yeah. that made a difference. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah. So even yesterday, I did a podcast for men's ministry. It's okay. called 360 Man that is yeah. uh, here in the United States and uh, and uh, was interviewed uh, about uh, about this, about the, yeah. the testimony of si having survived COVID. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. God's used it in a lot of ways. Amen. Greg, our first interview, as I said, it was you were the first interview for the podcast as we launched it. We talked about family health. And, um, you know, as, as I was from a distance um, seeing your son, and I'm sure your wife rallying, um, as you said, rally hope and that rallying prayer, it brought me back to the love and um, you shared about your son and your family. Is there, after going through that process um, of these, these two years, COVID and all that, how is that, is it a greater love for your family? Because you had a, a great deep love before. Um, has it, has that changed? Yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah, it's elevated. Yeah. I have... So much love and respect for my daughter and her family. Yeah. They came back from the Middle East because yeah. they didn't know if I'd make it and they wanted to be with 
their mother. Yeah. So much love and respect for my son that, uh, you know, uh, he has our advanced directive, right? And yeah. uh, there was a point two weeks into this where the doctors here just said, we can, we have done all we can do. Hmm. What do you want to do? <laughs> wow. What a wait, huh? We got all we can do. Yeah. What do you want to do? Yeah. And so they counseled together, got my daughter who was at that time in the middle East and uh, my son who was happened to be in um, California and my wife here got on the phone and said, what do we want to do with that? Hmm. And, uh, they came to the conclusion they'd give me one chance. Yeah. So they helicoptered me up to St. Louis to a very excellent hospital, Barnes Hospital. And uh, my son was pretty instrumental in that. And uh, three weeks up there on the vent, they finally were able to trach me and, you know, start coming out of this. So, yeah. so the, the love demonstrated by my wife, amazing. Yeah. Just amazing, amazing woman. Yeah. She's an amazing woman. And then my daughter and her family, my son and his family. Uh, you're very humbled, Aaron. Uh, you're very humbled because I think every parent, when they look back um, in their parenting skills in areas, said, oh, I wish I could have done better. Hmm. You know, I wish I would have recognized where my child was at in that point in life, you know, whether it be in elementary school or middle school or uh, high school. And uh, I wish I would have had better conversations with them about this or that. And I think every parent goes through that uh, at some point or another. But you, you know, as, as you're parenting, it's, you know, what people forget is you're parenting. It's the first time that you're parenting. You know? <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, True. I mean, it's the first time for the kids being a kid. So, <laughs> I mean, everything's a learning experience. Is that right? Everything's a learning experience. That is 120% true. I've never heard it said that way, but it is 120% true. <laughs> yeah, so, and then each kid is different, right? Yeah. And you're going, how come they can't all be the same? And, you know, and you can just put a template on it and take care of this thing. But yeah. it's just not how it is. Yeah. So to know, to, to have that kind of love reciprocated as adults, as uh, mature adults, families of their own uh, yeah. jobs and ministry of their own and, and to put aside their own personal things to come and help a, a parent. Yeah. It's pretty humbling. Yeah, for sure. For beautiful, sure. beautiful, but it's humbling. Yeah. And um, as I said, as I was from a distance, um, it was uh, that was definitely evident, evident to me. You know, what was pretty cool is my staff here put all the Facebook posts from the national office and my son in a little book. Wow. So that when I woke up and was cognitively aware enough, I could read what happened because I lost 60 days. Truly, I lost 60 days Hmm. of my life. And uh, the, 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 just the journey that they were on, the yeah. up and down the roller coaster and the news and, and the faith and, and, and the response, the text that they got, yeah. you know, was put in there too. And I tell you what, I could read maybe five sentences and then I, you know, because when you, when you come out of a coma like that for any kind of length, and I don't know how it is longer or shorter, but I know my length and yeah. um your your emotions are very on the surface, hmm. right? 
And actually, they still are, as you, you can hear from my wife. <laughs> they, uh, because it's such a, like you said, you said it in the introduction, traumatic. Yeah. It, that kind of trauma, whether it be like an accident that our missionaries have gone through or a family divorce, uh, mom and dad, a person that dies, a child that is very sick, no matter what the trauma is, that that is deeply imprinted in your memory, right? I mean, it's like, it goes deep into the memory system. Yeah. And when, and you can go along and, um, you know, it's like a death. You mm -hmm. can go along and you think you're over it. And years later, all of a sudden you're driving the car, a thought comes and boom, tears start rolling down your eyes. Right. Yeah. Because a memory somehow is triggered. Hmm. And uh, so uh, sharing conversations like this is, is just like a trigger. Hmm that all those emotions just kind of come out again, as you can hear. So yeah. it's, it's not a factual thing. It's not, Hey, I'm looking at this. This what happened. This what happened. This what happened. Right. Medical person that took care of somebody can do that. The right. person that is the patient is, yeah. is on that other end experiencing that emotion that they, that they didn't get to experience when uh, it was actually happening when you're in yeah. a coma. Yeah. Good word. Greg, one of the questions I have for you, too, is how are you leading different after going through COVID and, and honestly leading uh, uh, a lot of missionaries um, through this very turbulent time? Um, is there anything that you're, you're as far as leading, you're leading differently? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Aaron. You always ask us questions. <laughs> Drives me nuts a little bit. We should, why don't you softball every once in a while? Why don't you know, like, uh, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? So, we could we could try that one. We could go that direction <laughs> if you'd like. If you'd like. Uh, you know, um, again, I would say in leading, you know, leading is such a uh, how can I how can I frame this? It's it's such a, a responsibility, no matter what level you're leading on, it is such a responsibility. And uh, I think, I think in, my, in, in my leading, and maybe it would be better to ask other people uh, that would notice it more. I don't notice it so much in myself, but I'm sure it comes across different. I think in some ways I'm a little bit more... Um, uh, I'm, th I'm trying to think of what I'm a little bit more sure hmm. of a decision okay. than I think I was. Okay. Uh, I think I realized that the time is short. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, you know, the Lord's coming back. I mean, uh, we have so much to do. Uh, I, I can't quite remember everything in that first podcast, that we, but we've been since then, you know, we've continued in our realignment at the yeah. national office and, you know, I'm thankful to the Lord Jesus for allowing me to finish something that I, you know, I was yeah. instrumental in starting. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, I think that is a, a grace that God gave me. Uh, and because it's been a, it's been a real challenging process. <laughs> it's been a good process, but it's been a challenging process. And the whole reason we were doing this is to make us better for our missionary family and for the lost around the world. And uh, I'm thankful to the Lord. The, again, that thankfulness comes yes. out. Um, I think in leading, I've learned to appreciate uh, the members of the executive committee, our area directors, our strategic leaders in a, in a, in a deeper manner and their leadership okay. uh, uh, on, in their respective areas. Right. 
Yeah. Um, there are commonalities to leadership and then there are unique things to leadership. And yeah. so I think uh, the unique thing from sitting in this chair is that, uh, you know, uh, I lead uh, like team is so important. I know team is very important in Africa, but yeah. team is important around the world as well. Uh, Eurasia, Europe, Asia Pacific, Latin America, Northern Asia, and so on and so forth. Um, but I think the leading, of, uh, it's like Jesus and his disciples. Hmm. I mean, you are, you are imparting uh, intentionally leadership functions and leadership to, uh, uh, skills. But I think even greater than that, I think people are, are, are seeing, uh, noticing, observing uh, much more than just the words, but the actions and uh, the consequences of those actions uh, hmm. uh, in your leading. And I think my, what really came out of this, and uh, I know he'd be, he really want, want, want me to say this, but um, Kevin Donaldson was amazing. Mm. Uh, uh, an ama he's an amazing leader. Mm. Um, but he took the point, right, when I was down. Yeah. And I was, I was down, like I said, for 60 days, but I was out of it for like, you know, three months, yeah. three plus months. Uh, and he took the reins and did outstanding job. It was hard. It was, yeah. you know, who that scenario, we, you know, <laughs> right. you just didn't have that scenario. In exactly. Exactly. And, you know, as a good leader, you're trying to figure out, you know, what should we do in case of, but right. you just can't map out every scenario. You have For to sure. just be ready and to have him, Kevin, uh, and, uh, to the credit of uh, every regional director and our, um, missionary care and, and communications and partnership and development now and mobilization and development. Uh, these guys were amazing. The, the team was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And still are yeah. how they communicate uh, with their uh, leadership, how they communicate with their missionary family. Uh, there's, these are still trying times. I, you know, everybody's trying to say it's over. It's over. Hallelujah. It's over. <laughs> it's not over. Yeah. Uh, we still got some work to do to be able to get people back in the country and out of the country and all of that. So yeah, these guys have been amazing in their pastoral care. I'm very thankful for that. Very, very thankful for that. Yeah. Greg, you mentioned that. How, how do you, how do you see missions differently? Um, not, how did how has COVID impacted missions, and how do you see the future for missions as we move forward? Well, we all know that uh, even what we're doing now that all of a sudden Zoom became the uh, <laughs> you know, the thing. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it, it did. did. But, you know, thank God for it. Yeah. I was thinking, what if this would have happened like in the nineties? Yeah. You know, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, how could we, how could we, you know, write a letter to your missionary that takes three weeks to get there? We're praying for you. You know, <laughs> Very, very true. Very, yeah, very true. Uh, uh, I think how it changed missions in my mind is, is that our communication accelerated. Okay. Uh, on both sides, uh, people expect more. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, we need to give more hmm. uh, as leadership. Uh, I think, that has changed. I think that will forever be a change that will stay with us, no matter if the pandemic's over or not. Yeah. 
I think that's just one of those big things. I think um, uh, trying to he- trying to stay ahead of of of, of like news yeah. is really challenging now. Um, yeah. Because so many networks, there are sub-networks, right, that happen. Like, uh, for instance, we're, you know, uh, we're in the middle of this whole Ukraine thing right now. Right. And, uh, I mean, there are so many networks that, uh, and family networks and then personal and friend networks right. that are going on. And here you are as an, you're from an organization. From an organizational point of view, you can only say so much because you're trying to protect right. uh, people. But family and friends are putting out stuff, you know, <laughs> and you're going. Right. Okay, I'm glad we didn't say that, you know. <laughs> so, but you, and, to, and, and, and for us as missionaries, um, we have to understand also that the donor is out there being bombarded by all these different ministries saying, hey, we're doing this, we're doing that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, where, that's where I have to say that your credibility hmm. is so important. Okay. Uh, 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 in missions, okay, it is so important in missions that if something is designated, that's where it goes. Okay, right? Yep. Uh, it's important to know that uh, the trust, the trust level of our, our our church in the United States is really high toward world missions, hmm. um, and we're grateful for that. Why? Because that means we're stewarding yes. in a proper manner. Yeah. And that means our missionaries are stewarding in a proper manner. Exactly. And uh, so I'm grateful for that, that, you know, we may not be as nimble as a one kind of focused mission because yeah. our focus is pretty broad, you know, right. Establish a church among all peoples everywhere. That's pretty broad reach, <laughs> train, serve. That's pretty broad. Yeah. And this one that says, hey, we just do compassion or this one, uh, we just do help here or there. Right. Uh, you know, they can, they're much more nimble, much, yeah. uh, much quicker. But we have these, these things that we've inherited that are good, perimeters, uh, ways of doing things that are good. And yet we have the challenge of adapting and making sure that uh, we're relative, uh, that uh, we're relational, yeah. Uh, and that we uh, we have a, a a good plan and we implement the plan. And so to get all those gears in motion and alignment sometimes takes, you know, a couple of days longer than maybe somebody who just puts out something, say, give me some money real quick and right. we'll do that. Yeah. And uh, but uh, our fellowship has been very good, very good to us. And so just a quick report. We're, we're raising funds for IDPs in uh, U- Ukraine for those that's uh internally displaced people hmm. uh, in Ukraine. Uh, we've raised funds and been in contact with our national church, obviously, in Ukraine. Right. And it's a very powerful church, by the way. That's it's probably great. one of the most powerful churches in uh, in Europe, Eastern wow. Europe and Europe. Yeah, very strong church. Um, uh, we've been in a, a, a communication and partnership with a country surrounding Ukraine, which are in the Europe region. So we have two regions here, okay, okay. that are cooperating beautifully. Uh, Brother Omar and, and Brother Paul just putting out front what needs to be put out front in the status people that need help. Hmm. In our national churches, their leadership is doing the same thing. I can tell you stories of uh, them going to the border, picking up refugees instead of just taking pictures at the border and handing out something 
picking them up, bringing them back to cities and towns, putting them up in churches and homes and gymnasiums, feeding them, giving them blankets. And we're helping them. Uh, we're helping them with uh, our personnel that are in those countries. They've been mobilized and Europe's done a great job in, in Ukraine. Of course, the national church uh, is working in that way. And um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so it's turning, the wheels yeah. are turning, right? And we're helping it. And who knows, who knows uh, how many that are coming out that may find Jesus that would have never found Jesus if they would have remained in the country. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Greg, one last question for you. And then I'm going to, if you pray for us, um, do you have a, just a, maybe an encouraging word for the missionaries that are listening in? Maybe they, yeah, after I, they've went through these two years, they're, it's yeah. been rough and uh, turbulent and this may be an encouraging word for. Them. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I have this, uh, have this little, uh, little saying that, keeps going around in my mind, okay? The call of God will get you there, okay? The character you have will keep you there. Hmm. And the charisma, when I say charisma, I'm talking about gift from God. Yeah. The charisma will enable you and empower you to be there. Wow. So, all of us have gone out with the call of God on our lives. Those that are still here, that has worked itself down into our character. Yeah. Because if we're not there, we're here. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's nothing disparaging about anybody that has missions ministry in the United States or whatever. Right. But if you're, the call will get you to a place, but your character will keep you there. Yeah. And if God has worked on the character and you've developed and your integrity and your honesty and your strength and your, or your courage, uh, that, and that's what I'm seeing from our missionary family. Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, you know, from my example about bouncing around on, in a, uh, honestly, I'm amazed at our missionary family. Yeah. Um, I'm humbled by the, the commitment and the passion that they have to be where God has called them. And I just believe because of the call and the character of our missionary family, that God's going to pour out his charisma, his gifts of empowerment. And we're going to see a great harvest because people could have given up. Yeah. It's, and I'm not blaming people that did either. Yeah. People could have given up. But they decided, no, we're going to stay and we're going to do something. God's going to God's going to give great reward because I believe fruitfulness follows faithfulness. Hmm. And so I just believe that there's going to be a harvest uh, of souls. There's going to be discipleship. There's going to be churches planted in a, in a greater scale than we have seen in years. Amen. I'm believing that. Amen. Amen. Greg, will you pray for us today, whatever direction Absolutely. you feel the Lord is, is guiding you? Sure. Lord, grateful um, for this opportunity to share with uh, a family, uh, my extended family, Lord. They're out there, uh, some of them uh, in very difficult places. Could be in the middle of a great city, but it's a difficult place. 
It doesn't have to necessarily be a, a physically challenged. It can be emotionally challenged. It can be spiritually challenging. Lord, is it just a challenge? And yet, Lord, your call has brought them there, and their character is keeping there. So I pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the charisma of the Holy Spirit to be outpoured in unprecedented ways. I ask, Lord, that, Lord, you, even, even as I shared these past few months on anointing, that, that anointing, Lord, that Holy Ghost anointing would, would overflow in the lives uh, of moms and dads and kids. Uh, I pray that anointing, Lord, would just increase in, Lord, that there would be a peace that would come because, Lord, they, uh, they know the rec- and they recognize that anointing is on them, Lord. I thank you for that. I pray in Jesus' name that your spirit that uh, is an encourager. You said that he is, he is our encourager. He is our comforter. And Lord, we pray that so often, but we pray it out loud and we pray it in, in front of this audience today. Uh, and, and we just ask Jesus that you'd be outpoured in unprecedented ways. That your spirit would be outpoured in unprecedented ways, Lord. And Lord, meet needs, Lord. I, I meet emotional needs, meet financial needs, meet spiritual needs, Lord. Meet physical needs, Lord. And Lord, may you be honored and glorified in all of our lives as a family as we seek to do the work of the kingdom of God. So I'll thank you for that. Bless Aaron and Heather and their ministry, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray uh, that in your precious name. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share my heart. And I give you praise for that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 